Welcome to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. Wow, so much has changed over the last two weeks since we talked last, and a lot to get to. I hope everybody's doing well, and you're able to adapt to social distancing and working from home. We have a great guest for you, somebody who knows all about connecting with an audience through live video and building community, Jennifer Quinn. She's the author of Leverage Live Streaming to Build Your Brand and also the co-founder of Improv Video. She'll be with us in a little bit to talk about how she goes about hosting shows, interviewing guests, and engaging her audience in order to build community and create a good environment for people to connect online through live video tools. And StreamYard Connect is the show where we always talk about everything going on with live streaming and we talk a little bit about podcasting and content creation. And we're going to do all that. But I, again, I want to just acknowledge that these are, are different times from when we talked a couple weeks ago. And uh, again, I hope everybody's doing okay. Let me know how you're doing in the chat. Say hello to somebody that maybe you haven't, you see, you see here watching or commenting, you haven't spoken to in a while. Uh, it, it, we're very fortunate that if we have to go through this, we have tools like StreamYard and other live streaming tools that we can use to connect with one another and experience the human connection that we need even during a time when we can't be necessarily together in person and hopefully everyone is following the guidelines, staying safe and staying healthy. Uh, I'd love to know how you're doing again. Uh, you can see here is a map from the World Health Organization. The uh, pandemic, the novel coronavirus, is spreading and has spread to several different regions of the world and with that, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, fear, a lot of uh, a lot of people are are in a state that they've never really been, where they've been resigned to their home for such a long period of time, and feel a little isolated and everything. And people are doing some interesting things with live video, and because this show's about live video, to the extent that we talk about the news with the coronavirus, we will. Uh, tie it to some things that are going on with live video that are actually uh, kind of heartwarming, and we'll get to those in just a few minutes, just as we will get to our interview with Jennifer Quinn, who is joining us uh, in about 10 minutes. And again, this is StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. We're here every other week on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, br uh, brought to you by the live streaming app StreamYard. And if you're new to StreamYard, just a reminder, the three pillars are ease of use, stability, professional looking streams. It's a browser-based app that lets you go live, makes it very easy to bring on guests. You can multi-stream, you can use overlays and logos and graphics to really brand your broadcast just the way you want to. It looks professional and very reliable audio and video quality, even can record your broadcasts and save them for seven days so you can download them in high quality and repurpose the video, make a podcast from the audio, so much you can do with StreamYard and 
our destinations. Again, you can use StreamYard for direct integration to send your stream to Facebook, to LinkedIn Live, YouTube, Periscope, which gets you on Twitter, Twitch, and you can also use RTMP to go to platforms that do not have direct integration, and it's as easy as getting a, a stream key from the destination you want to stream to, plugging that into StreamYard, and you've now opened up new options. If you're on the basic plan, you have the ability to go to two destinations simultaneously. If you're on the pro plan, you can go to five destinations, and as I mentioned, both of those plans have recording. If you'd like to learn more or you'd like to sign up and start using it for free, it's free to stream for up to 20 hours a month. Uh, you can do that by going to StreamYard.com slash Ross, StreamYard.com slash Ross. And so as we were talking about in the open, social distancing and working from home have become major parts of our lives now as uh, so many people around the world are dealing with the ramifications of the spread of the pandemic coronavirus. And with that has become increased demand for bandwidth and increased need for live video tools such as StreamYard, Zoom, tools like that, uh, Skype are just uh, a lot of demand, a lot of increased use. Uh, the EU has actually asked some of the live streaming apps, uh, some of like, like Disney and Netflix and YouTube, not just live streaming, but streaming video, uh, major streaming video organizations to throttle back their power some to free up bandwidth because so many people are video conferencing and networking and working from home and connected, uh, to the internet at one time uh so far um i think most people still have at least in the united states have had pretty good bandwidth and been able to do everything they need to do let me know what you're experiencing i would love i would love to hear what's going on with you and how your connection's been and if you've been able to do everything you need to do whether that's through work whether that's conferencing whether that's connecting with loved ones and do pick up do pick up the phone and FaceTime. I, I never, I never FaceTime. <laughs> I think I FaceTime once before this, this whole thing happened. And I FaceTime with my parents who probably have no idea how to get on Zoom or have get on Skype or use StreamYard. And I, I FaceTimed with my parents and it was just a really cool experience to be able to see each other and, and talk to each other that way. And uh, there's something special about connecting with people on video. So if you those that, that you're close to and that you may not be able to be with at a certain time, being able to connect through video tools, whatever they are, whether it's FaceTime, whether it's StreamYard, Zoom, Skype, or any other, we highly recommend that. It's, it really it, it lifts your day up when you've been alone all Day. And I, I wanted to talk about a few items in the news that relate to live streaming and, and show what live streaming has been able to do on a positive side, because there's more than enough negative news that we're being bombarded with. And 
you know, Seattle and Washington State had been sort of the ground zero for uh, the, the coronavirus in the United States for quite a while. And one of the ways that uh, people were able to have a little normalcy, uh, as the New York Times said, live streaming the Seattle Symphony became a source of connection in dark times. Of course, nobody was able to attend the symphony, but they played and they live streamed it. And that meant a lot to a lot of people. And now that people can't gather in groups, can't come together in groups of, of 50, in many places not, not more than 10 people can gather together. An Ohio videographer has been live streaming local funerals to ensure that everybody can be present for the, ser- for the service. And you can continue dating if you're able to do that via live streaming. And the Plenty of Fish app has launched free live streaming uh, feature. It's actually called Live, uh, and it's launched to encourage singles to, quote, date from a distance. That's plenty of fish. And so some of the ways that people are experiencing normal life or normal life events and normal things that we would do, but they're having to do it through video. And I, I found those three examples to be Kind of interesting and a little bit heartwarming that people are are still able to have things in their life that they might not have by being isolated, by by needing to quarantine or self-quarantine, and that's the situation. Let's talk about a couple of items related to podcasting in the news. Google Podcasts is now on iOS. That's right. If you have an iPhone, you can actually, you don't have to just use Uh, Apple Podcasts or one of the other podcast apps, you can actually use Google Podcasts on your iPhone that was released today, and it includes a redesign of Google Podcasts. Remember, podcasts used to be on Google Play, uh, or they were on an Android app, and they were very kind of hard to find and figure out what was going on with that. Now Google's done a redesign of the podcast app to make discovery easier, uh, they've debuted the Google Podcasts app for iOS now, so if you're on iPhone, you can check it out. Let us know what you think of that. And it's made to integrate with both Google Search and Google Assistant, and it will sync across your devices. So if you're listening to a podcast on your desktop and then you go to your phone or you go to your smart speaker, you can pick up listening where you were. And speaking of podcasting, there's a podcast virtual conference coming up, the IndiePod Virtual Conference, Saturday and Sunday. It's all day Saturday and all day Sunday. It's put on by Joe Pardo from the Independent Podcast Conference, used to be known as MapCon. He's put together this virtual conference, a lot of different speakers and sessions, and it's all free. You can Join by going to independentpodcastconference.com slash virtual, independentpodcast.com slash virtual. And one of the sessions, which I am honored to be hosting, is the live streaming panel. And we'll be talking about how podcasters can use live streaming, but also how anybody in business or anybody trying to grow their audience can use live streaming. And that'll be 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, March 28th. Again, if you sign up with that link, uh, you can see the entire conference 
for free. Joining me will be our guest, who we're going to talk to in just a couple minutes, Jennifer Quinn. Also a familiar face, Gage Vandentop, the CEO of StreamYard, will be joining us. The entire conference will be broadcast using StreamYard. And Hall of Famer Rob Greenlee, you may have seen him hosting some of the shows that we've done about events with me. He'll be on the panel as well. He's a vice president with Libsyn and co-host of the new media show. So again, the Independent Podcast Conference It's the virtual conference, not the in-person conference, which hopefully will happen later this year. You can find it at independentpodcastconference.com slash virtual. And this is Ross Brand. You're watching StreamYard Connect. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We hope to bring some normalcy back to our lives by continuing with our regular schedule of live streams and uh, if you have any questions about live streaming tools, about StreamYard, feel free to throw them in the chat. We'll try and get to them during the show. But if we don't, we will go back in and answer all the questions as we have time after the show. And I'm very excited to bring on my guest. Jennifer Quinn is the host of the Jenny Q Show. She's the founder of Improv Video She's the author of Leverage Live Streaming to Build Your Brand. You get the idea. A lot of accomplishments. She's one of the real pioneers of live stream talk show hosting. Uh, She hosted Facebook Live's first variety show, and she's been chosen one of top 10 marketers crushing live video by InkMagazine.com. And if that's not enough, she's involved with virtual reality as well as the CMO of 360 Immersive. Welcome to the show, Miss Jennifer Quinn. Thank you so much, Ross. It is always an honor and delight to not only uh, be on a show with you, but also hear all the information. My gosh, you just gave us so much information in that intro. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us. When I think about people who know how to connect with an audience, who know how to build community, and really know how to engage and make people who are watching feel connected to you as a host. I thought, what a perfect time with everything going on in the world to have you on. Talk a little bit about how you know you got started live streaming and why it was such a great way for you to connect to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm actually very honored to be here at this time in our in our world and share some tips, you know, on how we can because we're social creatures and right. we need connection. And so I'm grateful that um, I've traveled the journey that I have that I can now share some of the things that I know on how to do that in these times. So um, it all started, uh, you know, I have a digital marketing company since uh, 2007. And back then it was websites and blogs and, uh, you know, keyword stuffing and, you know, um, stuff, you know, just good old, good old school digital marketing. And then and then around 2007 or 2008, I was watching CNN News and I heard uh, Rick Sanchez say, what are your thoughts? Tell me what you think. Tweet me at Rick Sanchez CNN. And I was like, what in the heck is he talking about? So I opened my lap- laptop and I Googled, what is a tweet? And so I did send him a tweet. He did not respond. But what happened there for me was magical. And I saw people making real connections in 140 characters or less back then. And I w- became addicted. Well, the same thing happened for me when someone actually said, 
with us on Periscope back in the day. And so um, I saw the same thing happen then. I saw real human connections being made, relationships being built, and business being conducted. And uh, I, I dove all in shortly thereafter. That's when I met you on a platform that no longer exists. And, and we connected and we've been collaborating since. And, um, you know, uh, what, what it has done is it has made our world very small. Um, I know you've attended some international conferences and, and I, I have as well. And it's a cross section of the whole world coming together because we made connections via live streaming and it was unprecedented. It still is uh, video is literally the next best thing to being there. It is. And it takes relationships that you create online, takes them to the next level so that when you meet in real life, which we still have to do, Ross. <laughs> I know. When, <laughs> when you meet in real life, it's no longer a handshake, it's a hug. And of course, that's after we're done with social distancing, but you get the point. I, I get the idea. And <laughs> for those who may not know, Jennifer was the first guest I ever had on my very first <laughs> live streaming show. That is November 23rd, 2015. That's the first show I ever hosted. Jennifer was hosting a show called The Daily Q Show at the time, going live five days a week, each day with a guest hosting interviews and just such a natural and such a great conversationalist. And I said, this is the person I want to have as my first guest Aww. on my first show. And she was nice enough to say yes and come on, even though she had really no idea that I was going to be any good at this. I had not told her that I had a background in radio or anything, but she said yes. And uh, that was my first show went really well. And we've been connected ever since. Talk about some of the ways live streaming has in impacted your life in a positive way on the panel coming up on Saturday at the Indie PodCon. We're going to talk about virtual. I should mention that it's virtual and it's free. Yeah. We're, yes. going to, we're going to talk about how podcasters can use live streaming, how people in business can use live streaming to grow their audience and benefit their brand. Talk about what it's meant to you specifically since you've been live streaming. Oh, well, it has impacted my entire life. Both, both personally and professionally. And it has been an opportunity for huge growth, personally and professionally. And um, it has connected me with people uh, around the world that there's absolutely no way that I would have ever had an opportunity to get to know. See, the magic of live video, uh, video we know is powerful, right? like 82% of all content online right now, and it's probably going up as we speak, is, uh, you know, video. The magic of live video is it's not edited. People know that who you are on live video is who they would sit across a table at a coffee shop with, right? Yeah. So right now, if something goes wrong with the tech, Ross, we're going to see you respond in real time. I mean, and it's not a matter of if, it's when. But, uh, but, but you know, not for you because you're a pro. But um, so, oh, it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. So we will get to see in real time 
who you are. I could say something really stupid right now, and your response would send a message to your viewers on who you are at your core and who you are as a human being. Oh, yeah, that is that is so well put. I want to take a second to say hello to some of the people who are joining us. Eddie Garrison is here. Megan Bryant, your uh, colleague from Improv Video, is here. Yeah. Bonnie Goodwin, Verico, says thanks for this. Anna, Anna says she's doing all right. Barb is here. She says Ross Brand and Jennifer Quinn together on the same live. Simply the best. Eddie Garrison says he's worked from home for over a decade, so this isn't a huge change for him. The only thing he can't do is go to places he typically goes to regularly. Dean Reynolds is here, Nicole Schlegel, uh, Barb, as I mentioned, Anna, Eddie. It's so great to see everybody. Bonnie Frank is here. Good seeing Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie was one of... I think maybe my fourth or fifth guest. So <laughs> good times back in the blab days. <laughs> and she says about Google adding its own podcasting app to iOS and redesigning. Bonnie says Google took their time with that. I'm glad discovery is easier. And woohoo Joe Pardo for putting together the podcasting event coming up. And Andy Falco Jimenez is here and Bobby Stamps as well. Thanks everybody for joining the folks on LinkedIn. I will get to you in just a few minutes because LinkedIn, as I always mentioned, doesn't have an open API, so we don't get the comments the same way we do from the other platforms, but we are paying attention to you as well. And if you have questions regarding live streaming, Jennifer's a wonderful resource. Please do throw them into the chat wherever you are watching. This is StreamYard Connect. We're talking with Jennifer Quinn. She's the author of Leverage Live Streaming to Build Your Brand, and it's a phenomenal book that really can take you from getting started all the way to being a polished professional live streamer, and that's kind of the journey that you walked. What are some of the elements that you've added along the way that you say, wow, if I had three things or five things or one thing that I did where you know, the the light went on and I just, now I realized, okay, this is what it takes to continue doing this, to become a pro at it. What would you say are, are, are those things, whether it's one thing or three things, what yeah. would you say to somebody who's developing how they can get to the next level? Well, that's a great question. And it, and it, and the answer actually varies depending on where someone is in their live streaming journey. I do want to point out that book, um, I intentionally made it platform agnostic because I knew the technology was going to change. So the book is more about the uh, soft skills that you need to go live, right? Uh, there is definitely some tech that that's discussed. Um, but I just want to point that out in case people go, well, it's not, you know, the, the latest and the greatest. Well, everything in that book transfers to every single live streaming uh, platform that's out there. So back to your question, if someone is just now hearing about live streaming, I'll answer it in three parts if that's okay, right? Sure. So if someone is just now getting started on live streaming and they're like, oh, okay, I've been hearing about live streaming for a long time. And now for me to be able to convert clients, I need to step into the game and I am so scared. Um, so just know that the fear is normal and, and there are a few skills to learn that will 
um, help you become more comfortable. And basically what those are um, is look into the lens of the camera when you're live streaming. It's the most unnatural and in my opinion, the hardest skill to learn when you're live streaming. But what that does is it connects you with your audience. So I'm just going to do a quick demo right now. And for most of this conversation, I've been looking into the lens of the camera. And what that does is it gives the viewer an opportunity to feel like we're having a conversation. Now, what's natural to me would be if I were looking at Ross on the screen, I'm going to shift to that now. So now I'm looking at Ross because I want to look at Ross when we're connecting, right? But now I've lost eye contact with not only the viewers, but I've lost eye contact with Ross. I can see you going back and forth. <laughs> oh, oh, like, oh, snap. <laughs> this, is, this is probably the thing that's taken me the longest. Because it's the hardest if one. you go back to that first video from earlier, not only do I not look at the camera... <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, my only experience with hosting shows was radio. I'm also kind of sitting in the dark there because I didn't understand lighting either. <laughs> oh, and that's everybody. And that's good that you bring that up because everybody needs to know there is a learning curve and we all go through it. You can now shortcut it with, you know, reading blogs, you know, <laughs> listening to shows like this, getting the book, whatever it is for you. Um, but just know that if you're feeling nervous, that's normal. And look at the... Uh, look into the lens of the camera to connect with your viewers. The second thing that I would recommend for brand new people is plan your content before you go live and have a structure. I can't believe you keep putting that up. Like, come on, <laughs> so Plan your structure, uh, you, the structure of your, of your live stream so that you know what you're going to say and you don't ramble. So the basic, basic, uh, formula for that, that I teach people that I coach is you have your intro, which is a hook, ask a question, you know, pe also people don't really care that much about who you are or all your titles. So s talk about what's in it for them. And then three bullet points that you're going to cover and then a, an outro, keep it clean and smooth. And, um, practice that. And once you master that, then you can expand out you know, and the thing about live streaming that also takes some practice is learning um, how to interact with the live viewers. So Ross is demonstrating perfectly how to do that today. He's taking breaks. He's interacting. He's making sure everybody feels seen and heard and validated. And he also is not interrupting the uh, content that he promised to deliver. Right, right. So while you're in the middle of a serious point, I'm not interrupting you to give somebody a shout out. Right. Instead, I'm putting their comment on the screen if it comes in while we're in the middle of the conversation or I'm waiting till we have a pause like this. And then I'm going over to LinkedIn and I'm checking out who's watching. And we have Kyle Bondo. Brian Ring is here. Uh, yeah, Brian, I'm going to multiple platforms. Uh, we are on Two LinkedIn accounts. We're on Facebook Live. We are on Twitch, and we are on Periscope, which means we're also on Twitter. So, thank yeah. you, thank you, John Scott Wren for being here. Uh, Alfredo is here. Uh, Kyle Bondo, of course. Great to see you. Don Donald Hunt is here, and everybody else. If you're watching on LinkedIn, do throw something into the chat. It's the only way we know that you are here. We want to say hello and we hope everybody is doing well.
Now, one of the things that you do, which is really unique, is, and you were kind of talking about it when you're complimenting me, but it's really something that you do probably better than anybody, and that's how you acknowledge your chat and you work people in within the flow of the show and after the show. Can you talk about how you came up with your, I don't know what you'd call it, your format or your formula for doing that? Absolutely. So. I firmly believe that when you are doing anything on social media, if you're creating a post or if you're doing a live stream or if you're posting a video, it's like you're inviting people into your home, into your space to connect with you. And the entire, uh, the entire, uh, there's a good word that goes here. Um, for lack of a better one, concept behind social media, in my opinion, is to build relationships. So if I want to open a conversation with them, can you imagine if I had a party, everybody came in and then I just stood in the middle of the room and I just talked and never acknowledged anybody, but I just Mm -hmm. wanted them to look at me. So I use that visual. So I take it seriously and I plan my time. So when I, when I schedule a live stream, I know it's going to take this much time for, for, you know, the prep, this much time for the promotion, this much time for the live stream. And then I think a piece that a lot of people miss is the post-production go back in and interact with people who not only watched your live video, but your replay replay video. And that's how you build real relationships and real connections. It's just, making sure that people know that you see them, you hear them, you validate them, and they matter. Right. Now, Andy Falco Jimenez asks, as a host, you should not interrupt when someone is yammering on. Thoughts? Well, that's a great, really, question. And to be honest, I view when I'm hosting a show, you know what? It's my courtroom and I'm the judge. And if somebody that I'm talking to is yammering on and they're taking it and they're derailing it, I will very kindly bring it back to what I promised my viewers. Yeah. And also, if you see something that's really kind of a nugget of wisdom or something that's worth pursuing that the person kind of glanced over and then went on to something that's far less impactful or interesting... Yes, as a host, you want to jump in. I want to know more about that, what you said, or, you know, tell me what happened. You know, ask that follow-up question. Definitely, like, you know, uh, do not let the guest take the show only where the guest wants to. So there's a balance between being polite, promoting your guest, but not letting them set an agenda different from the one that's yours. But at the same time, Jennifer, you have to be open to the idea that yep. the show may go somewhere more interesting and, and more exciting and unexpected, and that can be good, too. <laughs> As you were saying that, I'm like, oh, we've been there. Oh, yeah. we've been there. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. There's a balance between you want to have some questions prepared, mm-hmm. and you want to have a general direction where you're going. And it's very, this is more on the advanced. You were talking about different skill, you know, we were talking about different skill levels. Right. This is more on advanced. You want to make sure that you're listening to the answers so that it's a conversation and you're not just spitting out the questions that you predetermined. And yes, you're 100% right. Be prepared to go a different way. Well, I've often said you even see it at the highest levels on the news where 
they'll ask a question and then they'll go to the next question on their list and not even realize that that question was answered by the person in their response to the first question. So you're, 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 it's something that's made at the mistakes made at the highest level because some people aren't good listeners, but also because we're, we're all multitasking, whether they're listening to somebody in their ear, telling them ask this or do that or telling them news or we're reading a chat and we're trying to. So you have to come back and try and focus first and foremost on the conversation with your your guests, because when you're doing that, you're you're helping all your audience have a good experience, whereas if you go off to maybe answer one question that might not pertain to exactly what your guest is talking about, you're then kind of not serving everybody who's come to watch. It's definitely a balancing act. You have how many different, this is, this is kind of the way that I think about it too. How many different customer bases do I have when I'm doing a show? Right. I've got the guest. That's one of my customers. Right. I have the live viewers, another, another customer base. I've got the replay viewers. And so, you know, you're constantly, and then you've got your show. I mean, you, you ideally you have a reason for doing your show. I right. can't say that's always been the case for me, <laughs> <laughs> but you have a, and so you need to meet that agenda as well. And so it is, it, it's, a lot, it's just a lot of practice and a lot of grace, you know, give, give your guests grace, give the viewers grace and give yourself grace. Chris Rossetti, I think, says it perfectly. Listening determines a great interview. I, I always say that listening is the most important skill when it comes to interviewing. And the interview that I did with you that time where I was showing the picture, I had a list of questions. But typically, I don't have questions ahead of time. I think in terms of subjects that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm not sure that I would advise that for everybody. And in certain situations, you do want to have a more structured plan. Uh, but a lot of the good conversation comes from listening to what the guest is doing and knowing who they are and what their interests are and what you want to deliver to your audience ahead of time. And then the questions just set up the format for that to, to happen. And one of the things you did when you were starting out your shows, you booked really good guests on, you learned about them and you gave them an opportunity to talk. It wasn't like a TV segment where it's like they're on for two minutes and, and, and gone. How did you develop that style? Was that something that you took from another host or was that something that you just always wanted to have a forum where you could have those in-depth conversations? I wish I had a really like inspirational answer. <laughs> What happened was I logged on to Blab. I saw four people on a screen at once. And this thought came to me, oh my gosh, I could do an interview show. I could start interviewing people who demonstrate excellence in their field. I'm going to do it daily. That's, 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 and then I started uh, less than a week after that uh, and just really learned as I went. I think if I had to boil it down to one thing that, uh, that I just, am. I, this just who I am. I'm so curious. I'm so mm. curious about people. I'm curious about the way they think. And after I did my show for a while, I would go hang out with friends, uh, or, 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 you know, new business acquaintances and they'd go quit Jenny queuing me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is who I am. That's, I'm just doing me on there. I'm right. just naturally curious so much about what makes people tick. 
that's useful. I don't think it's necessarily, uh, you know, required, but um, just be curious. Yeah. Um, Greg Grayson three says, why do people live streaming? Why do people when they're live streaming make you wait to get viewers in the room before starting? I don't think that's really a great technique. Uh, What's a good way when you go live and maybe you don't have an audience yet, particularly when you go live on platforms like LinkedIn or Periscope, where you can't schedule your broadcast ahead of time, you know it's going to take time for the notifications to get out there and people to show up. How do you handle those first few minutes of the broadcast? Yes. You know, every time I give a presentation or a keynote or uh, whatever I'm doing, and I talk about the one thing never to do, everybody, the moment I say, don't wait for viewers to show up, they go, oh my God, the whole audience. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Right. And so the, the, the shift that I made in my mind a long time ago was I'm not, yes, I'm live streaming and I'm also creating a replay video for people who weren't able to make it live. So I start in with my intro as if I'm creating a video for people who weren't able to make it live. And then as the live viewers show up, then I can start engaging with them. But jump right into your content. Just get in there and start adding value to people uh, because our attention span is just shrinking Mm -hmm. and you have maybe three to five seconds to capture people's attention. And most of that's done with nonverbal. So your background, your lighting, your, you know, how, how close you are to the camera, your frame, everything. Right. And it's how soon do you demonstrate that you're going to add value to Mm -hmm. the viewer so that they will stay on. So there's a little bit of a challenge because if people aren't there right away, you may think, um, let me wait, let me do something else. Now you don't wait like, Hey, I'm just going to sit here and wait five minutes till more people get here because I don't respect your time. And certainly the people who showed up on time should, should not be made to feel more important than the people who are coming later. So you want to provide some value. Now you could structure a show whereby you save your I don't know. You, you, the hit record is played at 20 minutes in, right? And you, the opening act takes... In other words, you could do some content that you don't feel, okay, this is the strongest content of your 40-minute show. You could do the first five minutes could be more business. It could be saying hello to people. It could be talking about what's coming up later. Um, but you bring in the replay, which is interesting because... More people will probably watch your show on replay than will watch it live. And those replay viewers especially want to get something of value right away because that's how they determine whether they're going to stay with it or not because FOMO isn't the thing that's driving their need to stay on the video. Right. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Ross, I think what you're describing comes down to style. And your audience is going to uh, come back because they like your style. Right. So, and they're they're going to connect with you. And that's the whole point. You want to attract the people that resonate with who you are and what you share. And so I know what you mean with create some content to start out with while your viewership is going up. And um, I've seen people do that brilliantly 
personally, that's not my style. So if I did it, it would come across as inauthentic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you always want to stay within your style. And I think what's interesting about your book is that so many people who teach about video, whether it's live video or it's YouTube, focus on things like the algorithm and they focus on tricks and tactics to grow your audience and things that I think really help the advanced person more than they help the newcomer, where your book more shows you how to host the show, how to develop yourself on camera, how to present the things you need to know, because if, if ultimately you do everything right in the promotion and the marketing and in understanding the algorithm, if the content isn't there, people aren't going to stay. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. What would you, what would you say is, is something that when people are starting out besides looking into the camera that they don't think of that you know, when they realize that that's where their growth kind of happens. Well, so, so back to when we were talking about the different levels. Um, So those are kind of some beginner tips, right? Mm -hmm. Overcoming the fear, looking for the lens of the camera, have your structure. Um, And you mentioned in the intro that I've partnered with Megan Bryant. And what we've done is we've created improv video. She and I have been friends for four or five years, and she is uh, a corporate improv instructor. She's the founder of Idaho Laugh Fest, which is a multi-venue, multi-day event where she brings uh, over 70 comedians from around the country to entertain Idaho. And um, we, we kind of each always thought that somehow somehow it would make sense to work together. And then last summer, we were sitting at her kitchen table, and we're like, improv insights with live streaming. That's the next level. And we realized it wasn't for the beginner live stream because there are some things that you kind of need to get comfortable with before, you know, you can start getting really uh, uh, flexible. And, And actually some of the things we're talking about right now with how to interact with guests. So one of the basic uh, basic, basic, basic insight of improv is yes. And, and what a handy skill that is for show hosts to, uh, incorporate when they're asking questions, because Ross, have you ever had a guest on where they say something that you are like, it goes against every belief in your body and you still have to maintain a a way of Of course of graciousness, right? (laughs) And so so with that simple improv insight, it's, you know, yes. And so what Megan has taught our, our, uh, our clients is yes, doesn't mean you agree. Yes means you get, you acknowledge them and you're validating their point and you're going to add your perspective versus the, at least for me, the gut human reaction, the knee jerk response is, what are you talking about? That makes no sense right, at all, right, right? right? Yeah, and so we, so we've created so uh, uh, now a uh, uh, we have a nine day intensive, and we have a, a Facebook group, and we have different things where we're teaching people how to incorporate improv insights into their live streaming, whether it is a live stream, a solo live stream, mm-hmm. or um, you know, a show with guests. Right, right, and I, I think you have three at least three, maybe more constituents that you have to think about. One is your guest, because most of us are are doing this 
in part to build relationships and, you know, to showcase our knowledge and perhaps even to go into business with somebody that we meet through live streaming. Uh, but then you also have the audience. So when something's too far off, you have to keep your own credibility. And then you also have the third one is the truth. And, you know, somebody can mispronounce something. Somebody can make a small mistake that, you know, you're not even sure whether it's a mistake or not. It's not worth correcting. But when somebody is really far off on something or is obviously not giving it straight in an area where you're considered knowledgeable, then your credibility goes down if you just let that slide. So I, I always say the truth is one of your constituents if you want to keep your credibility up. And you can be nice about it and you can be professional about it. But there comes a time where you do have to step in if your guest is not being truthful, really. I mean, I don't know another nicer way to say it. <laughs> that, Ross, that was that was a mic drop moment for me. That's so good. Yes, yes, yes. One of the things that reminded me, one of the things that I did at the beginning and I still do, uh, I'm just a little more selective with who I ask now, Right. but I always ask for feedback from people that I trust and respect. Yeah. After a live stream. Yeah. And one of back in the early days when I did my daily Q show, uh, one of the most useful pieces of feedback that I got was speak your opinion more. Mm. Yeah. Cause I was just, you know, talking about having the guests do all the talking and I wasn't sharing what I, and they said the people, the reason people are watching your show is cause they like you, right? They want right. to hear from you. And so don't be afraid to do just what you said, you know, give your opinion, even if it's not popular for the day or it's not exactly what your guest just said or, you know, any other reason. And the the other thing that we, we didn't get into, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on because I want to get to some questions, is audio is very important because after all, this is a talk show. So right. the majority of content you are getting are the words that we're saying. And if people can't hear that clearly, if it's unpleasant to listen to, uh, then that becomes a problem. So even though I was sitting in the dark in the beginning and wasn't looking at the camera, I did have a microphone. I did speak into the microphone. And I think, you know, that was a, a big key in order to establish some credibility and and have a show that people could listen to, whether they were watching it or just listening in another browser as they're working, as so many people may be doing right now while they're working from home. Absolutely. And you know, with your radio broadcast background, uh, you're my go-to person for audio. <laughs> hey, Ross, what do you know? I'll send you a message. Hey, what do you think about this? Uh, and so, yeah, uh, absolutely. The, honestly, I know, I think you and I have kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit, which is mm -hmm. most important. Is it audio? Is it video? Is it, you know, all the soft skills? Um, I don't, I don't know that one is more important for live streaming. Um, that's just my opinion. I think that, that what holds people up is they think it has to be perfect. They have to have perfect audio, perfect video, perfect lighting. There is no perfect lighting. on the internet. Right. There's so no perfect in broadcasting either. I mean, right. <laughs> everything's a matter of choices. This mic sounds better on me. That mic sounds better on you. Uh, this mic's good for this, but maybe you don't want one in your face. So you're using a laugh mic. Like there's all right. these choices. It's, it's just a matter of choices, but ultimately 
hopefully you're making choices between things that deliver something good for your audience and you're saying, okay, this choice isn't one that's going to be helpful. So let me narrow it down to a couple of choices I can I can live with. Um, let's get to the questions. Uh, Paul Gandhi asks, uh, he says, excellent show. Thank you, Paul. I hope my question's not off topic. Uh, myself and millions of musicians online are searching for a workable online collaboration platform for, for performing online and teaching in real time. Is StreamYard a viable solution for this? I would like to say yes. This is a StreamYard show. I would love to see that it is. And I don't know enough about all the needs of musicians. The audio quality is pretty good for a live streaming platform. You can disable the processing so that you can direct the processing on your end for recording. Say if you're recording locally, even if the platform is doing the mixing for what is being streamed out or what other folks in your uh, among your group of musicians are hearing. Uh, but the ability to bring six people on at once, and again, it depends how many musicians you have and how many are located in the same place. But I would say try it because it's free to stream for 20 hours. Um, you can go to StreamYard.com slash Ross. Give it a shot. If it works for you, then you found the answer. If it doesn't, then then you may want to pursue other other platforms. But I can't give you a definitive answer because I don't know all your requirements as a musician. Um, let's go to Genio uh, Franker. Any tips on presentations of scientific presentations and interviews? Have you done any interviews of people in the science field? Um, I have definitely had uh, people from uh, the medical field on in the past. <laughs> and um, I think that before I really could even give tips on that, I would want to know who the audience was. Because if the audience is, you know, the average consumer, then the biggest tip would be bring your information down to street level and talk in, you know, common everyday lingo versus keeping it high level. I think that's where most people who are professionals, uh, we all get stuck in our own lingo and we don't realize that people have zero frame of reference for what we're talking about. So that said, if the audience were colleagues then then don't bring it street level. You know, bring your most intricate um, slides and, and PowerPoints and, you know, examples and, and talk in depth about them. It really depends on who the audience is. And I would love actually a, a further conversation. Um, the, the comments off, what was his name? Uh, it was... <laughs> putting me on the spot here, Jennifer. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Put you on the spot. Stump, we were um, playing stump the host. But anyway, <laughs> Genio. Okay. I would love a, a deeper conversation to find out more about what your intention is and what your goal is and who your audience is, because that will determine how to go about the, the presentation in the show. Chris Rossetti says, thank you, StreamYard and everyone else bringing people together during these times of yeah. social distancing. And thank you and everybody else who's joining us. I see Krista Martelli has joined us. I see uh, 
Karinder has joined us, so thank you so much. Uh, there was a question that Chris had, actually. We recently had bad audio on two shows. Should we delete them? And Ooh. do you want to take it first, or do you want me to go first? I'll take it first. Okay. Yeah, or you can take it first. Well, you're, think- you're the guest, so go ahead. Aussie, what a, <laughs> what a nice host. Um, so uh, I would never hesitate in looking back if it truly was poor audio, delete it, reshoot it. No hesitation. That being said, get some objective feedback to find out if it's truly distracting or if you're being a perfectionist. Yeah, I would say also how much of the audio is bad? Is every word bad or do you have maybe a small stretch where it's not good? Can you edit that out? I I don't know the tools exactly of where you stream to. Does it let you clip out a part in the middle? Also, if let's say you had several people on and maybe one person's audio was bad and everybody else's was good. Maybe you don't want to lose the value and you figure people can endure it if it's at least listenable. Uh, It's a very hard, it's very hard to say, but if you feel that it doesn't present you in the light that you want to be presented, if your audio is bad and your guest's audio is bad and your co-host's audio is bad and the whole thing is not what you want and you feel like, you know, it isn't good enough, then delete it. But it may well be that there's enough value in there and it isn't as bad as you think. And in that case, right. right. Keep going, leave it there. Let people enjoy yep. it. Let people get, get value from it again. And, 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 and I always go, it depends. It depends. It depends. Right. So what is the goal and the objective of the channel that it's living on? Right. 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 So if it truly is, and Ross, you're the first person I heard coin this term and I But you're building your online portfolio of your work and how you present yourself, right, with your videos and your live videos. So if it's not presenting you in the light that you want for your prospective clients, then, you know, download it, see what you can salvage and then recreate it. Like it's yeah. The other thing I've done is sometimes I've re-recorded something, but I've left the original up and put a note on like, hey, we had an issue with the audio. Uh, Sorry about the issue with the audio, whatever, but uh, we're going to be re-recording another version. But if you want to listen to the original, here it is. Or if I felt that there was value in it, you know, still value in it. But like Jennifer says, you got to consider that if you're doing this to polish your professional brand, you want things that are going to be good representations of you when people find them online. Chris Rossetti says, what tips do you have when your guests clam up? And I'll let you go with this one because most of my guests are live streamers, podcasters, broadcasters. So clamming up is not usually one of their issues. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, I haven't had, fortunately, I haven't had too many people. It's usually the other end where, um, you know, I'm like, okay, put a period somewhere and take a breath. Right. Um, and that's not most of the time. I mean, if there's an issue, that's what it is. Most people are very conversational. I definitely coach people ahead of time and I talk about, you know, the back and forth and ask a question, play ping pong, things like that. But I, I have had a, a guest or two where, they were answering in yes or no answers. And 
that's where improv comes in handy. I mean, you just need to get creative and keep going. I don't know that there's anything you can do on a live stream that would change them. You don't know what they're experiencing. They may be scared. There might be stuff going on in their background. They may be so distracted. You always, always, always want to make your guest look good. Yeah. And so whatever you can do to continue to make them look good and bring value to your audience, it's a little bit of a... Uh, juggling act. <laughs> We're talking with Jennifer Quinn from Improv Video. Want to say a quick hello to John Piper. Good to see you. Uh, people had some good advice for Chris on the audio issue. Uh, take a look at Barb's comments and Anna's comments and some other people had good advice on that. Uh, Chris mentions 20 to 80 ratio bad audio only on my opener guess was fine. So depending on where you go, like if you go to Facebook or YouTube, you can actually clip off the opener and mm -hmm. leave the rest up. You could also, people are mentioning that you could in the future record separately or perhaps, uh, you know, the platform like StreamYard keeps a recording. So you could download that recording, which may be better quality anyway than what the platform records. But another thing is you should probably save it because you may be able to cut up clips of the guest and share them on social or even re-record a, a little wraparound where you say, you know, I talked to the, to so-and-so today and she had this to say on this topic. And then you let it play and thanks to so-and-so and we'll have more, you know, whatever you want to say. But you can you can wrap your voice around it and still play the authentic clip from from the interview or you could just play the clip without your voice and use that. on. There's so many different ways you could make use of of what the guest provided if it's of a value and you think your audience would want to hear it or it would help you market your broadcast or your business on on other platforms and uh this is a nice comment greg grayson three on periscope twitter says thank you both for doing this live stream it's awesome i want to say something if i may ross sure. greg grayson was on my very first periscope broadcast oh really yeah wow yeah, he's 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 a uh, he's just such a, a great human, and he was a guest on my show when he wanted to bring awareness to mental health, uh, and he spoke and he told his story, and just a, a really good human. Anyway, hi Greg. Yeah, John Verico is here. Hi John, thanks so much for joining us. And again, Jennifer Quinn is the author of Leverage Live Streaming to Build Your Brand. And you do so many different things. Tell people where they can find you and learn more about you. And especially if they're interested in working with you, how they can connect. Perfect. Okay. So uh, JennyQLive.com is kind of the catch-all. On Facebook, you can join Improv Video, our free Facebook group. And to get more information on the things that we do, where we combine improv insights into live streaming. And um, I'm also, uh, like you said, a, a VR evangelist, virtual reality. I'm the CMO for 360 Immersive, headquartered in Boise, Idaho. And we specialize in uh, virtual reality safety training modules because the retention and engagement is off the charts when you're training uh, safety professionals using virtual reality. So uh, that's another passion of mine is, you know, making people safer using technology. So, yeah. I want to bring in a quick question before we wrap up from 
uh, LinkedIn, Kyle Bondo, who's a terrific podcaster, says, my channel is full of audio-only podcast videos. If I start doing more real videos, should this go on a new channel? And I assume he's referring to a YouTube channel uh, in that case. Have you thought about YouTube strategy at all? With yeah, I've I've been I've been diving into it with uh, with uh, 360 immersive, and honestly, uh, I would need a lot more information before I could give uh, an informed answer on that question. I know that there are different schools of thoughts, but it would depend on the overall strategy and what the existing content is, how long the channel has been there. Um, you know, does it make sense? Is it a complete breakaway from the original channel or is it just a tiny segue? So I, I would feel uh, really um, like I would be doing a disservice to give an opinion with just a little bit of information. Yeah, I think it depends on how the channel's doing. If those audio clips are doing really well, then keep rolling with it. If the, you're, you're not getting much of an audience for audio only, then perhaps start fresh with a new channel and build some momentum with that. But like Jennifer said, we would need to know more about what the situation is. Thank you again, Jennifer. It's been great having you on and uh, reconnecting again, as always. Thank you. The pleasure has been 100% mine. Thank you to all the viewers watching live and replay. And Ross, keep doing your stuff. You're so good. You're such a joy to work with and such a pro. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. And just to remind you that the StreamYard Town Hall is Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Gage and Dan, the co-founders, go live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and LinkedIn. They take your questions, give you updates on what's going on with new features and the product and everything else to do with StreamYard. So do check that out. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of StreamYard Connect, and you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, and Periscope slash Twitter. And thanks again to our wonderful guest, Jennifer Quinn. It's great having her on. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's healthy and staying safe. And thank you so much for spending some time with us. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.